Good morning. Wow, we are so glad you're here. Welcome to our Stay by the Tree webinar series, our messages of hope. We're so excited to hear from Belinda McGarry today and so thankful for her service to us. I'm Karen Broadhead. I'm the director of Mothers You Know, and I am just so thrilled that you would come today and hope that you will continue to share these webinars, these, this three-part series with everyone, all your friends. Thanks for doing that for us. I just wanted you to know that Mothers You Know is such a powerful, neat place. I wanted to share our motto with you. Our motto is stay by the tree. And that will be explained to you if you're thinking, why is that your motto? When I turn the time over to BJ here, and our theme is 2 Timothy 1, 7, and it is, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we just, if you, if you have a mother heart and you feel the challenges of our day and also a call to just stand for the Savior in this day, we invite you to come join us in our resources. PJ, I'm going to turn the time over to you. Thank you so much, Karen. We have just been so excited. Our hearts are about to burst getting ready with just excitement and, and just love of women and of the Savior. And so we are just thrilled. Thanks for taking some time to be here with us today. We wanted to just give a little bit of information before we get started, just who we are, what we're about. And we wanted to also introduce Belinda just a little bit. So we are, this is to stay by the tree, messages of hope. We love having that as our theme and our title. And this webinar is sponsored by Life Changing Services and also Mothers Who Know. And in case you don't know, Life Changing Services is just a team of Latter-day Saint therapists and professionals that provide gospel-centered training and healing. And their goal is to help individuals and families find peace and healing through their therapeutic recovery and training programs. So if your family's feeling the real challenges of our day and the, the things that our families are facing, and you could use a little bit of assistance, please just go to lifechangingservices.org and you can find out a lot more about the services they offer and programs they have. One of the programs they have is this program that provided this webinar series and it's Mothers Who Know. And we are just an online faith-filled gathering place for all women who are wanting to joyfully support their self and their loved ones as we meet these times and some of the challenges that come along with these times. We offer a variety of different classes and support groups and webinar series like this one. We have a podcast and just so much more. Almost all of the resources provided there are at no cost. They're, they're free and we love to share that. One of the resources that Mom Power offers is an eight-week self-guided online training. And it also has a weekly live classes that are on Zoom that complement that training. You can just listen to that free training when it's convenient for you. And it's presented by Karen Broadhead. She has been the parent support specialist for life-changing services for over a decade. And she's the founder of Mothers Who Know as well. 
And so she teaches the, the training that you can listen to. And then you're welcome to join us for the, the live classes where you can just learn a little bit more, ask questions, share insights. So you can go to mompowertraining.org and just easily register in 30 seconds and you'll be all set. And they'll send you all of the, the training portal and that information. So we always like to highlight that. This is one of our mom favorites. And I think I've attended every single one that we've done. And it's just really blessed my life. So we love to share that. Also, like Karen mentioned, we wanted to just tell you a little bit about this Stay by the Tree series, where, about the name. So as mothers, we totally understand the worry and fear that we can feel as we're trying to make sure our loved ones find the Savior. And so the name of the series, Stay by the Tree, comes from the scriptural account in the Book of Mormon. It's of a beloved parent and prophet Lehi, and it's commonly called the Tree of Life Vision. And so this vision beautifully depicts the best place for us to stand while we're beckoning to loved ones on their journey is right next to the Savior. So Lehi, in this vision, he beckons, he invites, he speaks with all the feelings of a tender parent. And sometimes he even calls out in a loud voice or ceases speaking. And yet he never leaves the tree. He never forces others to him. He just invites and standing safely by the Savior and partaking of his fruits is just the best place that we can be. And so he, he generously extends those fruits and we love the peace and hope that you can feel standing there, even in the middle of things that are very hard. And so we love calling this webinar series, Stay by the Tree, and we love the message that's behind that there. Today's message of hope is going to be by my dear friend, Blenda McGarry, and she's titled the message, Change Your Prayers, Change Your Life. And we are, we're just thrilled to hear that. We've been using those prayers this morning as we've been working through a few glitches. And I thought of her title and I thought, that's right. That's what we do. <laughs> and I just appreciated her title just this morning. Just wanted to share just a little bit about Blenda before we get started. Blenda is a music producer and a songwriter, pianist. She's also just a gatherer of souls to Christ. Blenda found this love for music early on, and she started playing the piano at just three years old. And throughout her life, Blenda has developed that love into the gift of producing inspirational music and sharing messages of God's light and love. So when Blenda is not at the piano, you can find her enjoying time with her family and getting out into nature, exploring her creativity through interior design and inspirational gatherings and also healthy cooking. So you can find more about Blenda um, by, on Spotify, uh, at Blenda McGarry, and then also on Instagram and YouTube, you can look for her at Blenda McGarry Music. And then we just wanted to show you this picture of Blenda, her husband, Kirk, and their children and two of their grandchildren. You can probably see that Blenda just gets a smile on her face when she sees those people. She loves those people. So Blenda 
we're going to go ahead and just hand it over to you and and let you just take a little bit of time to share. All righty, Belinda, looks like you're unmuted. You're ready to go. Ready or not, I'm going to. <clears throat> First of all, I am so honored to be here. I see so many names of people who I love, and I see way more names of people that I don't know, but that I love. And I have been thinking and praying about this for ever since Jane had contacted me about sharing. And I love all of you. And I just want us to know in this discussion that we are so glad friends of, of women who carry heavy crosses, that we are not alone. We are with the ultimate cross bearer. We are able to do difficult stuff. And <clears throat> well, I don't know, I kind of losing my voice already. And I want you to know that I feel like I'm here by invitation, not that I am any expert on anything. I am not even an expert in my own life. But I think we all can attest to the commonality that we have in that life is full of surprises, right? And, and you have this little, I at least grew up with, when I got married, I had this little white picket fence, Pollyanna view of the world, and just thought you do everything right and everything will be right. And I think that that is a true statement, but it doesn't mean it's going to be right right now. And if we can just trust in the God of miracles, the deliverer in our lives, we will be okay through the hard stuff. And I think that's really an important part of, of not only enduring life, but enjoying. And so I'm hoping that today we come away with a little bit of encouragement and joy, strength and, and courage that we aren't just fighting the fight, but we're finding the joy. So I have learned, okay, now let me get to my little notes here. One thing that I've learned as a mom is that parenting is for the parents. I have learned that over and over and over again. What I am learning is for me. And hopefully I'm teaching my kids that hopefully they're surviving my mistakes. It's an interesting thing when I think of God trusting us enough to send his children to us. So there's something in the trust factor. Yes, we trust God. But we also trust that he trusts us. And so that remembrance of that trust is a two-way can get us through some things where we are wondering, what in the heck are we doing? This is hard. I have ruined my kids. We can trust that Heavenly Father has provided a Savior to save all of us, our kids, ourselves, from all of our mistakes. And if we can teach that truth, then we can get and believe and lean into it. Then we can get through it. We can teach our kids how to get through it and then get through their stuff with us, just like we're getting through our stuff with our parents, you know? And, and it's just that process and it's progression and it's coming to peace with, with things not being perfect and us not being perfect. My kids would be the first to tell you how much they love me, but yes, that I was not a perfect mom. And I'm still not, I'm still trying. I'm still working the work, just like all of you. And I think that's important to remember. The journey is, is ongoing. It doesn't end just when kids leave school. It doesn't end ever. Once a mom, always a mom. And quite frankly, for any who don't have children, and I will get to that part of my story that, you know, you have a mother's heart and, and that 
heart and love goes goes really deep. So I had a friend when I went to her house and she showed me her family picture. I'm like, oh, your family is so beautiful. And she immediately started to tell me all the things behind the family picture. This one has dealt with drugs. This one's been divorced. This one is dealing with this issue and that. And I thought on that a lot. And I thought, boy, we could all tear down our family picture and say, this is the problem. This is the problem. This is the problem. What if we were to really focus on that being our vision, the perfect family picture of imperfect people, a perfect plan, and that we can remember that that is real. Don't, don't tear that apart and say that isn't real. That is real and lean into the reality that because of Jesus Christ, all of us can still be together. And, and I think that's really important to remember that don't, don't tear apart and rip apart that perfect picture. Keep that into our vision. Anyway, that's a big deal to me. So as I thought about this, what I felt impressed and inspired to share was the most important tool that we have, which is communication and communion with a father, an eternal father, a father in heaven, whose business is about us and bringing us our home and our children. And I thought, one of the greatest gifts, isn't it, that he's given us, aside from his son, is to be able to communicate with him. And that is prayer. And I want to share a story that was a very personal story that's recent with a dear loved man who has now passed. And he was my brother-in-law, Merritt. And we as a family went to Ireland. And Merritt and I were just walking out in a green, beautiful field. And he said, Linda, why do we pray? He had been diagnosed that previous Christmas uh, season with the reality that he had pancreatic and liver cancer. And he's young. And guys, 70 is young. <laughs> For those of you in your 20s and 30s, that seems maybe not, but it really is. And he's young. And I thought on that, and my quick response was the typical Sunday school answer. Oh, you know, we, we could have gone to ask him for what we need or whatever. I, I don't even know if I had a, really an answer. I'm not one that comes up with great quips and quotes like some of you do. But he said that, why do we pray? Why do people fast? They fast for you to live, but you're, you're going to die, you know? And I really, he, he set my mind to ponder, why do we pray? And then we read in Matthew and he teaches us, of course, that Heavenly Father already in Jesus spoke. They already know what we need before we ask. They know it all. And if they know it all, then why are we seeing it? And I've come to the conclusion that maybe prayer is so much less about communication and it's more about connection. It's connecting to heaven. And, and as I thought about that, I thought, okay, how did I connect? He already knows what I need. He already knows my struggles. He knows my family struggles. Why am I even praying? I'm praying to connect. And when I can connect in a real way, in a real way, I'm empowered. I'm enlightened. My load is lightened. I have, I have a different view, even if things don't change. So I think that's really an important aspect. So I kind of came up with the thing. I thought, okay, I want to improve my prayers. I'm telling you, this message is for me today, not just sharing, but 
<laughs> trying to infuse the truth that I really feel is it is the power of prayer. So when I think about, I came up with this little pH of the prayer, okay? And I have two pHs, and I don't even know what the heck pH is. You're supposed to have pH. It's good for your and your hair. I don't even know. But, okay, if it's good scientifically, then what about leaning science into, you know, life? So I come up with my first pH for me is perspective and health. And I've come to the conclusion Christ being a, the heaviest cross bearer, that crosses are painful. We all have them. We all have them. And the power of the cross is, is that Jesus was lifted. He lifted on the cross. He performed the atonement by the lift. And, and so he being the most powerful lifter, that when we yoke to him, we get the, his power, right? We get the strength to continue to lift and carry our own cross. And crosses and pain have purpose. They are not here, God saying, okay, you were a bad girl. Even though I've done that to myself so many times. Bad girl, bad mom. You didn't eat right. You, didn't, you don't deserve the blessings because you're a bad girl. And I don't know if anyone else is like that. But I, I think that that might be in our nature. And Satan really should have done a, a good one on us when we go to bed and we keep saying, I'm as a bad girl today. And that gets heavy. But if we can look for the painful cross as having a purpose, that when I think about God the Father and how much I love my children, that I would allow one of my children to suffer the way Christ had to suffer. Or I have to know there is a purpose. Otherwise, why would I do that? And Henry Father knew that there was a law that had to be fulfilled. And that's because he loved all of us and Jesus loved us all too. They did the painful thing. They both, right? Parent and son and mother carried that suffering together. And it was about, again, the lift for all of us. So when I was a young girl, and well, young girl was, yeah, that would have been some late winnings. I had, again, that Pollyanna Beauty world. And I was, you know, found the right guy and we were just going to have our kids and, and all these things. And I am telling you, I, I wanted kids. I wanted children. And I had my patriarchal blessing and it told me I was, I was shallow. Maybe I still am shallow in so many ways because the word world. I was a shallow girl and I get my patriarchal blessing and I just said, okay, the things I'm listening for, what is my lineage? And am I going to get married? Am I going to get married? Am I going to have kids? When the patriarch said that, I'm going, whoosh, okay, good patriarchal blessing. And, you know, I've had to study that now over the years to say, oh, this is really what the blessing was about. But I was promised I would be married and I had children. Well, the promise of marriage came. I'm young. But the promise of children didn't come for a long time. Long time. Ten years. Ten years of prayers, 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 tears, 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 hopes, dreams, all those things. Loved ones around me were having all the babies. And I'm so grateful for them. Because I could love them like they were real. But yet they still weren't my own. And that was a long time ago, girls, but well, it's still it's still here. It's still here. That journey was was hard. It was a heavy cross. 
And some of you, maybe you still don't have them. Look and Sarah, why are we studying the scriptures? We find commonality in heroes who have endured things that we're going through and they still made it through and it's because they anchored into Jesus. So that, that dream was a little bit dispelled for a long time. And yet the promises were short. And so I had to change the first thing, my perspective and understand, okay, that first P of my PH is perspective. God's ways are not my ways. He's not only about me becoming a mother. He's about me becoming like he is. And that process of painful cross, that process of painful waiting, those things, they have purpose. And it wasn't that he was saying, you're not good enough to have kids yet. Let me see how much pain I can cause you. He was about, Linda, there's some things you need to learn in the 10 years. You know, there's some things that you need to. And I would have chosen to take that away and happen sooner. But boy, the things I've learned from that cross, mm. I'm so grateful because I connected to Jesus in a different kind of way than I ever could have. And so I'm grateful for that. Fast forward in that 10th year, I was led to how I would have my first beautiful son. A little bit different than I had. My little Polly interview was, I had the blessed privilege of adopting. Oh my goodness, still goes near and close that path. I am so grateful for that experience and that eternal thing. I get. I, it's so weird whenever I talk about that part of my life because he's my son, you know, and came here to that bed, he's my son. And then right after we got during within, gosh, a few months, I started to be really, really, really sick, really bad sick. I was talking to my sister, Donita, I said, oh my gosh, all I want I, I'm sick to my stomach. Well, we both had the flu. And then my sickness kept lingering, lingering. And she said something so funny to me. She said, well, it was funny there. Linda, what if you're pregnant? And I really, I was kind of like, Sarah, I, I laughed. I just started going, right. I mean, you know, 10 years. And anyway, she said, just do a pregnancy test. Just do a pregnancy test. I said, well, I've done plenty of those. And so I decided, okay, so... I can't remember. She may have even went and got gone to get the test for me because anyway, but I did. And there was the palest pink and I had never had that before. So imagine the rush. I thought, well, don't get your hopes up because these things can be wrong. So then of course I went to the doctor and found that I was pregnant and shock, shock, shocker, right? Unexpected time, unexpected way. And all of a sudden I had this real intense desire for pickles. And so I thought, okay, there's the true sign. <laughs> Who needs a test? Who needs a doctor? I all of a sudden just wanted to eat a ton of pickles. But anyway, I had a perfect pregnancy. Perfect pregnancy. Everything just smooth. Let's wait. Let me uh, rephrase that. I gained 50 pounds. So that was the imperfect part. Although the, the baby didn't weigh that much, but I did. But it was everything was good. Heartbeat shot. Everything was good. Then the week before my due date, um, I was out with both my sisters, Pamela and Donnie, and we were out with our kids and had had such a fun date. 
And I said to Danielle, now I still remember in front of her house, I said, Danielle, is it normal? Is it normal for the baby to slow down before, before delivery? She goes, what if that's normal? That's normal. They're, they're getting ready to be born. You know, I said, okay, okay, good. Well, three or four days later, I was awakened in the middle of the night and I just was in the most intense chills that I'd ever had. And it was like I was in a snowstorm with no coat and I just could not calm that. And I remember the night before I had laid down my son, Jared, and I'd said to him, I don't know. I, I was crying. I was having a little meltdown. And I said, your, our, your brother is going to be born soon. I just know it. And we are just so excited. And anyway, I was just having this, this my last time of what I'm going to do. And I was just into this really sentimental place. And that night, like I say, I woke up and was awakened and I could not get the, the chills away. And I kept shaking my belly and all these things. And I just thought, okay, I'm so grateful that I have the doctor's appointment tomorrow. So I can't wait to see I'm never saying out loud. It's funny how things come forward. Okay. I said to my little baby, okay. But anyway, went to the doctor and found out that this little one had passed sometime during the night. And I felt like I was awake for that time. I had no idea that that was going to be the outcome. I remember that despair, that disappointment, that shock. And I remember thinking, well, not thinking a lot, just feeling a lot. And just being surprised when everything had been so perfect and the outcome was so different. After that experience, I was never the same. You just aren't the same when you go through hard things, right? You just have to go somewhere deeper than yourself and you have to go somewhere more secure so that you can get life back into so anyway, through that experience, two years later, I was blessed to get pregnant one more time and have my youngest son. And there were a lot of kind of things that were similar in the pregnancy, and it was a little scary because I thought, oh, can I do it again if I had to? And that God didn't see that that was needful for me. So I was blessed to have my uh, third son. Anyway, life plays out differently than we expect. And I had to get a new perspective. I had to get a new perspective. One time of perspective as well is, and I thought it was so hard getting the kids here, but the hard didn't start until the kids were here. And then I had to start raising them. That's the real hard, right? And I, I say that jokingly because both sides of it are hard. But I believe that being a mom is the hardest work and the greatest joy. And one of the times I, I just, you know, some kids, you love them all the same. And we're studying right now, right? And come following me, Jacob and Asa, and how much their parents must have loved them. But sometimes you just, it's just harder than you think. And my first son, he was one day, he was eating a little toddler cracker. And I, I was committed. I, I was such a, I had so many ideas of <laughs> what I would do as a mom. And he was eating a little toddler cracker and he bit off the corner and he goes, bang and bang. 
And I had committed, I was never going to get guns or anything violent, you know, to encourage violence. Well, he went bang, bang with a cracker. I thought, oh, okay, there was a surprise. That was really kind of surprising to me. I thought, well, little did I know that that might be an indicator of lots of fun experiences I had in the journey. One of them being a real awakening for myself. I gained a perspective of who I was in the process of being a mom. I had just had my whole dining table. Ladies would spread out with my scriptures and I'd had this amazing, powerful spiritual experience in the morning. And my oldest son was coming home from school and I saw him in the window and I just remembered seeing him. And there were lots of things that were hard. He kind of didn't want to do anything mom said. He kind of didn't want to, you know, follow the rules. He didn't want to, he just didn't want to do that stuff. And in my house, which he said, no, that was like a swear word. And so it's kind of like, okay. When you hear no, when you hear I'm not doing that, you kind of go, oh, 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 what do I do with that? What, how do I respond with love? How do I, you know, and this is when you're younger. Anyway, so I just remembered looking at this boy coming down through the corner of my eye and just going, oh, it's coming home. I mean, you know, I do want fights already. And I just, I just remembered thinking, I, I immediately said a prayer. I had this, I was in a spiritual place. I remembered thinking, Oh man, you know, give me some comfort, give me some strength. And the spirit told me so strongly, Glendon, I do not love you one bit more just because you have a testimony. And that was like the most gentle, I shouldn't say it wasn't that, but it was like this. And I just remember going, oh, oh, <laughs> I, I didn't expect that one. And then I heard love, love, love. And it was that day, seriously, that it was a road to Damascus day for me. I had a paradigm shift and a perspective shift in my mother and said, it's you. Look at you. Look at you. Do the teaching. Yes, you're responsible to do the teaching. But it's you. You change. And so that, that changed me as a mother. Seriously, it didn't turn me into a perfect mom. I became a different mom from that experience. And I never went back, thankfully, from that. Then another time, uh, you know, I, I just am expecting that my kids, I, I'm just enlightening and teaching them all these things. I had another time when my younger son went on a young men activity to Moab with a group. And they climbed up against the council of their leaders who said, turn around at this time. And they didn't turn around. They said, oh, just a little farther, just a little farther, just a little farther. So they ran clear up to the top of where they couldn't go any farther. And then my son calls my husband, who was the young man president at the time, and said, hey, we're up here. This is so awesome. And he says, and Kirk gets immediately a little bit frantic because he's going, it's getting dark now. And Cade says, hey, this is so great, Dad. And we're here and all the friends, and they're taking selfies and doing all this stuff. And anyway, they turn around and in communication throughout the process of coming back, it gets so dark, they can't see. So they have to stay on the mountain for the night. The thing was, is that the leaders were trying to say, you know what, let's just take care of it here. We'll just share the experience when we get home. Let's not call moms and get them all panicked. Well, no one had to call moms because one of the kids took a big old selfie right on the thing and posted it out on social media saying, we're all up here. And anyway, so the story got out through social Ways and of course everyone got worried and lots of prayers, lots of they called um, the rescue people. I can't even think what they're called now. 
Anyway, they called all of them. And so it was this big old thing. And by the time my son is coming home, I'm thinking, oh gosh, I am just going to be to remind and see, this is what happens on whatever. I'm expecting him to come back and, oh my gosh, it was so scary. And so this, now he comes back with a red badge of courage thing. Hey, and well, that was the coolest thing. We got to stay up on the mountain, fell on a, a cactus. And I mean, he's telling me all these things. And like I say, I'm thinking that he's going to come away being humbled and feeling like, oh gosh, you know, like I learned to listen and learn. Nope. I learned. I learned again, new perspective. I changed my perspective on, on it's, it's their journey. It's their journey, Brenda. It's their dream. I learned that one night and I had a legitimate reason at this time in my life to be really super scared for one of my sons. There were so many times that I looked <laughs> at this guy and I said, why is a nice small light in a place like this to retrieve, <laughs> you know, and rescue. And, and it was one of those times. And I was amazed that my husband could sleep and I couldn't. It's three or four in the morning. I'm praying, I'm crying, I'm stressed out to the max. And I had the most incredible experience in that late night of having the Spirit speak to me. I am a lover of Holy Writ. I love the scriptures so much. Don't ask me where to find anything. If you give me the topical guide, I'll find it. But I, I don't know why I memorize scripture verse. So the fact that this came to me, girls, at this late night hour, said, God speaks. He does speak. And we need him. And I was told, turn down 17, which I did. Unexpected. You know, people tell me, oh, they open the scriptures and it just goes, falls into this place. I haven't had any experience like that. Well, this moment of desperate mom, a desperate mom in a dark, dark, scary time, I said, I, I I need something. And, and that came and I did. And I highlight, I actually have both my voice names in that scripture for different experiences where the Lord spoke to me through scripture. And he told me what I could do for myself. It wasn't about them. And the message that came to me that night too was, Linda, you are to provide food, shelter, clothing, and teaching for your children, but you are not the savior. And that just was something I needed to hear. I know I'm not the Savior, but yet I tried to so hard. I was trying so hard to say. And rather than love, love, love. Rather, I mean, I was still loving, but I wasn't like, 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 you know. And so I just, I, I needed to change. It was me. Parenting was for the parents. Last thing. Oh, oh no, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I forgot to say, so the H part of this was help to pray for help. So I received help that way. Then another experience that I had when I began was desperate. This was a different time, an equally dark time. Ah, oh, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. And I just remember thinking, Henry Father, I, I need help. What do I do? And I was told, don't lose your faith and trust Trust me, trust them, trust, trust your people. And it, it was personal. It was trust the son that I was praying about at that time. It's trust him. I like, oh, I am acting untrusting of my own. I'm saying you're awesome, but I, I wasn't really there. 
And so having that shift, praying for that help, I received that. The other thing I wanted to suggest in our prayers is remembering to pray for help from those who've gone on before us. I kind of mixed up my stories here. So I'm going back to the story that I actually had on this point, which was I, I was on my way to the temple again in a dark time. And I remembered seeing Ty, which is my son, who my stillborn son, Dad, Grandma, at Mildred McGlade, doing step. I need you all to meet me at the temple. I'm going to the temple right now, and I need you to meet me at the temple. I mean, I was almost like a big old boss. And I was just saying, I need you there. And I am telling you, that experience set me up for one of the most powerful experiences I had ever had in my life as I went to the temple and I knew they were there as busy as they are. I knew that they were there with me. And I, I was in the Bountiful Temple for those of you who are familiar with temples. It's a sacred place. Those who are, it's a sacred place where we can go to learn, to receive peace. Anyway, a portion of this involves a film where we are, are viewing. But all of a sudden as I was viewing that, my eyes went up and there was a movie, a vision above the film. It's too sacred to share, but it was the most powerful experiences it, because I knew all those people I had called. They were part of that, called upon to help me. They were part of that experience, that vision. They came, they said, Linda, it in the experience that I had, not in words, but in the visual of what I saw and the profound power of legions behind this person that I was praying for, that the help was there. Don't fear. Don't fear this experience. Get through it, cry through it, whatever. But we have help and we can pray for it. My second PH is peace and hope in a world of love. Clamor, confusion, and even caution. How do we find courage and peace and stillness? It takes intention, that's for sure. When I turned 50, something happened in my brain, in my body. I had never experienced depression or I had I'd experienced depressing moments, just like, you know, but I didn't really understand depression. And something happened shortly after that was my whole world. I was transitioning from what I call, I was doing the transition from mommyhood to motherhood. Not always a mommy, always a mother, you know. So my kids were leaving things and going, who in the heck is 50? I mean, you know, it just sounded so old. And there were so many things that were just slapping me around in my whole soul and still kind of do. But not like it was then. It's a year and a half. I'm really hard stuff. I would go to church and I just would go in the side door and hurry and slide in. And I'm told no one would talk to me because I just wanted it to get out. And I would. And my husband would want to stay on board. I got to get home. It was a sad, dark time in my whole soul. And I don't know what I did to trigger that or what happened that triggered that. But it was real. And I remember during that time, I'm going, there would be days I would wake up and it was all I could do to get up and get dressed. And it was all I could do to get in the shower. I thought, whoosh, good day, Blender, got in the shower today. 
And then I would go and I would walk over to the bed and I would collapse at the wings and just lay there and kind of just sob and thought, pathetic, right? So that cycle, that cycle of depression. And I remember praying, my father, why? I know you can take this away. Why am I dealing with this? And so profoundly put on me that this is for your experience. This is so you can understand. This is so you can have empathy. This is so you can bring hope to someone else because you understand in a different way. I thought it, it was again all my answers, you guys, and I really pray hard. They're surprises because <laughs> I expect certain things and they come out differently, which always tells me that's true revelation when it's unexpected or well, I didn't think of that. And so I still have to lean into that sometimes. And I just think if I can remember the hard things I'm going through, the pain again, that reminder of the perspective, peace can come with perspective that we can know God is not out to punch us. He's not trying to condemn us. He's not out to teach us a lesson. He's out there to let us learn, to let us experience, to let us expand and grow and progress. So that's one thing that I learned from that experience. Okay. One thing that I'm such a believer in, I have an experience as a young woman, as I was navigating faith, and, and don't we all, are, faith is a faith journey. I don't know enough that we're faith crises. I just think that's the faith journey. We're all in it. We all go, I know through COVID time, and I had a real journey of coming to certain truths that I always knew. And we got. I'm not in crises. I'm leaning into Christ. I'm just journeying. I'm having to go dig deeper now because there are a lot of things going on that are unexpected and I'm going, what the goodness sake, you know? And, and so I think, um, remembering we're all in a journey. And as we journey together and we hear people, we talk with them, that we embrace and we say, you know, we're all going through it. It's okay. And so one thing with my faith journey, and so when I'm young, like, so again, so shallow, I heard President Vincent in a general conference, and he made a statement that changed the trajectory of my life, and I was very young at the time. He said, a person would get closer to God if they read from the Book of Mormon than any other book. And I remember hearing, you know, when I was in young women, let's read the Book of Mormon in, in a week. Let's read the Book of Mormon here, and let's. And sometimes that is good to do, but I, so many times there were those things, and I was one who didn't like to make promises that I would keep, so I didn't make any promises at all. But this one, when I heard, I thought, Linda, you can do that one. You didn't say read an hour a day. You didn't say read a chapter a day. You didn't say read this many pages a day. You said read something, and I can be really. One, one thing in my life, I think that's one thing that I have done and not, and I haven't been perfect, but I'm not, I've been really, really, really good on this one thing. I have read something. Sometimes at the 4am, tired, you know, discouraged, whatever, mom, nights, it's like 4am and like, okay, one sentence, I want to read one sentence. Whatever it is, I'm just saying that commitment has been a tethering to me and a strength to me more than anything else because it's, it's been the foundation to everything else. So, so I love the scripture so much. That being said, 
what if we learn how to not only read, though, as we read, and I love the Old Testament stories for this reason, there are lots of heroes, but they don't all start out as heroes, right? They start out as normal people, just like all of us. And, and they go through the process of, of the journey. They go through the hard. They, they're praying for their kids. The kids are being naughty. They're, they're, you know, they're praying for food. They don't have any, all those things are, they just, they're just, they're, they're praying to get married. They don't, they marry the wrong person. You know, I feel there's so many things that are going on that, that we can relate to. And I think the important thing to do in your study is not to read the stories about them. Read the stories about us. Find ourselves in their journey and become the hero in our own story. Find the hero and become the hero. And I think that becomes a really powerful thing to acquire genes. That we are just, we're figuring it out. And one thing that I learned in school, I used to know, okay, I know people who can just study a long time, read a book in a day. I have a daughter who can do that. I am not that kind of person. I want to just have the mind melt thing that it gets in because I love it. I love books, but it's hard for me to stick with it and get through a big read. Well, one thing I learned in a training that I did that was really powerful was one of the most uh, powerful ways to receive revelation and peace is to take the scripture, just start anywhere. It doesn't even matter where. Start, find a scripture and write in scripture. There's something about the process of writing. I feel like a hypocrite right now because I'm not doing a lot of writing and I'm, I'm committing. Again, this talk is, or this discussion, the sharing is for me as much as anyone. Write the scripture, write it out. Let that be the beginning. Write the scripture out. Then write a thought or two, whatever comes to you. And then be amazed at what opens up. I have done that when I... I've done that. I am telling you, I have books of my own scripture. God speaks to me in a different kind of way. He kind of speaks in a holy way. I mean, I hear words that are not everyday language. I hear thoughts that are certainly not my thoughts. And I am tutored and I am comforted. And I uh, get these powerful things that come to me in that process. Uh, write the scripture, write your thoughts. Is there more as Elder um, Scott is saying, is there more? And wait for a minute and, and watch what happens. I promise you, miracles, miracles happen when you get that into your life. It really does. It happens for me. And I am no special person. I am just an everyday gal, just like all of us. The last thing in praying for peace. What is your joy? Do we forget that, girls? Do we forget to find the joy in the fun? I do. I'm a worker. I forget to have fun. My dad, he was, his fun was getting out an old shovel and digging in the dirt. That was not joy to me, but work is still kind of joy to me. I'm always busy. I got to get this done. Then I'll go have fun. I, I think I'm a fun girl, but I just, I'm an intentional girl too. And so sometimes I get lost in the intentions and who have time for fun. When I went to women's conference with my friend, she invited me and we, when it was my first experience of ever going, she'd gone a few times and going, okay, this sounds really fun. So, man. But the most powerful experience of the whole conference is what I witnessed at the Desert Book concert after their conference. And you know how, this is so funny. I, I like all kinds of music. I like good rock and roll. I like good rap. 
Is there a good rap? I mean, you know, I like, that's why I like contemporary Christian radio because you can kind of get the good sounded music and you don't have to worry about any of their lyrics because I definitely am a lyrics person these days. But anyway, so we're here at an LDS concert, okay? So this is not anything too intense. But at the very end, there's a song going on. I can't remember who was performing. I just remember the lights were down and all of a sudden this started to happen. This started to happen. Everyone got their phones out, you can't see this. And they all started to do this, you know? And I just remember I had a meltdown. So this was a pick-me-up song. No, no, this like this time, this is not a song. I, this time, I was having a meltdown as I looked around at a bunch of women, you know, 20,000 women, all swaying to this. And I thought, boy, we were all young girls. We were all girls in high school. Years ago, we were all, you know, had these dreams and had these things. And now I looked around and I saw gray hair. I saw laugh lines and I saw pain lines and I saw my own face lines. And I thought, boy, life is different than what I had expected it to be. But in that moment, I just remember thinking, I gotta go back to the girl too. You know, we're women, but go back to the girl. Who thought the world is going to be okay? And the teacher girls said, I don't have girls, but cut teaching. Find the joy. Find the joy in the journey. Be the joy in the journey. You know? So I just don't. What are your joy things? I love cars. I love fast cars. So when you're running after things, go to car shows once in a while. Drive a fast car. Oh, yeah. That's someone gave a talk on keeping the speed limit in second meeting. They thought, and I still haven't changed. It's kind of my happy place. So whatever that is, sometimes we don't allow for the fun. And I have a life list. I know people call say bucket list. I I prefer life list. And there was one thing that I really wanted to do for a long, long time. I wanted to do two things. I wanted to parasail. These are just family things. I wanted to parasail. And I also wanted to zip line. My husband, Kirk, was not into either of those. And I said, one trip, we had a business trip, and we were in Puerto Vallarta. And there were two hacks. I mean, they were hacks on the beach. And I said, you know what? I prayed about it. I said, it's going to be safe enough. I'm going to go on that parasail. Kirk really didn't want me to go because he was worried that I might not, you know, something might happen. I said, I'm okay to go because I already know it's going to be okay. And I went and I've had some most exhilarating experience I've ever had. I was screaming my lungs out. I looked like I was, <laughs> I felt like I was back in, in high school. I mean, not that I'm trying to be back in high school, heaven forbid, but I, just that stage of freedom and not, you know, not being so worried about everything. It's just freedom. Where's your joy? Where's freedom? Where is release from the burden? Whatever it is, if it's gold, you know, I, I have, I'll tell you one of my dreams. I want to hit the Mediterranean. I want to ride a Ferrari. I want to drive it. That sounds so fun with the top down. And uh, that would be something. I don't know. I'll make it in this life. But so praying for peace. Finally, praying for hope. I think we have to remember hope is not wimpy. Hope is strength. Hope is power. Hope is enlightenment. I think we think, I hope this will work out. No. I hope this will work out because my hope is in Christ and I know him and I know that what he says he will do. And so keep my hope uh, strong.
It is confidence and it is expectation. I have this beautiful piece I want to show you really fast. This is a beautiful art King's made from, done by my friend Eva Timothy. If you know of her, she does a lot of whatever they've seen uh, in the world. She just had a commission in, I think it was in, anyway, a museum there. But you'll also see a lot of her art for those who have seen uh, the Church of Jesus Christ uh, General Conference. So these are the promises that come straight from uh, scripture. And it just becomes really powerful, ladies, when we're going through hard things and we're wondering, is this going to work out? Is everything going to be okay? You start reading words with like this. And when you say, I am, this is God, of course, saying this, I am with thee. I will keep thee. I will bring thee again. I will not leave thee. You start reading these things out loud. Great shall be the peace of thy children. Boy, isn't that a good promise when we aren't having peace with our kids? You know, and here's another one, girls. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. What if we just said, Heavenly Father, I need some healing here. This situation isn't changing. Please help me to heal. Walk with me. Anyway, it was on But one of the things was that the Lord would fight our battles. And he would fight our children's battles. And he would fight our children's children's battles to the third and fourth generation. I hope Jesus is here way before then. But if not, he's going to fight the battles. So I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to fight. I just have to have the faith and I have to fight for faith, you know, that, that kind of thing. In closing, I just want to say, you know, there's war in the world, right? This Ukrainian Russian war has really, just really sunk deep in my heart. It's been so sobering to see that. But it's been a reminder that we are at war, right? And war started in heaven. We're here because of a great war and the war continues. And we've got to remember, we are warriors. We are warriors. Let's be warrior women. We are wonder women because we're connected to wonderful. That's one of the names of the Savior. So let's be wonder women. Let's be warriors. Get strength, get courage. Let's see. This is what Jesus said himself. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, ye might have peace. Isn't that liberating? It doesn't have to be in me having peace. It's in him that I can have peace. In the world or your home or your own heart, whatever, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. And I think when we lean into the overcomer, we can overcome anything. And so the process coming to him is, is the journey. That's what it is. Again, parenting from parents. I am closer to heaven, to the process of mothering. All the hard stuff, all the good stuff, all the unknown stuff is, it's, it's about me. It's about me, what I'm wearing, what I'm becoming. And in the process, allowing that to happen for my children and have faith that it's going to be okay. Let the darkness be allowed and engage ourselves in the light. Let his light shine through the darkness. Kind of like Paul and Silas did in Jane. Remember that? Are we not all incarcerated in some way? Whether we by fear, doings of our kids, whatever. But somehow, Paul and Silas were still able to go and sing praise. Somehow. To the point that then the jail collapsed at, you know, way into the early hours of the morning. And then the jailer comes to them 
takes him and they, he becomes converted to Christ and his whole family. So let's remember, I have to remind myself, God is love and he is about immortality and eternal life. He is about salvation and exaltation. Thus, he allowed us to come to earth to learn, to make mistakes, to suffer. And of course, games the delivered, but it's about the journey. It's about the journey of becoming like he is so that eventually we can reside where he is and do what he does, what he and our mother did. So I think that's very powerful. Change our prayers, change our lives. I'm going to, I'm changing. I'm reminding myself, change my prayers. Look for different kinds of miracles. Stop praying for fixes. Pray for faith. Stop praying for, you know, change of circumstance. Pray for changing me. Change of perspective. Remembering to have, uh, what are my words? Anyway, all those words, perspective, hope, help, and peace. The Savior sends his life, truth, and the way. So in our faith, Julian, he is our truth. He is our life. He is our life. Anyway, love you ladies so much. I wish I was in a room that I could hug, that I could see your faces and, and interact. But it's been wonderful to just feel up your spirit and you're amazing. Thank you so much, Glenda. That, ah, oh, so appreciated. Thank you for bringing your heart and your love and your personal experiences. Wow. I really appreciate it. Ladies, we're just going to transition here to our Q&A. And so anyway, if you noted questions or have some clarifying that you'd love to ask Blenda about, she's going to answer all the questions. I would love to comment. I just think it was such a blessing to just hear and be reminded of so many neat perspectives and how I loved, it really stood out to me, just that reminder that, you know, parenting is for the parents and it's really for us to gain a perspective. And, you know, I, I've seen that in my own life too, but I just think we forget that. And so I think that reminder is so good to just go, you know, don't pray for fixes, pray for faith, pray for understanding, pray for my vision to open up. And all of those things I think was so helpful. And I also loved your experience of remembering to pray for people who have gone before to help, you know, like that they can be the angels around us and our loved ones to help rally, you know, and give us strength. And that that's a real thing that, you know, they are really a part of our lives. And that that's just such a neat comfort to think of, you know, that God is an organized God. And that's exactly how he would do things as our loved ones helping us. So so many things and just the having joy. I just think we all need that reminder. We're trying so hard to do good that, and we're such conscientious, you know, women and mothers that sometimes it, you forget that. Yeah, I can see the good and, and have fun in life as well. So thank you just so much for your light and the beautiful message of love and perspective that you shared it was awesome i think you are so beautiful i anyway i thank you i have a comment for you i just really have through my life many times thought i know we're supposed to pray and i feel the spirit when we pray 
when I pray and I love to pray, but I've often had the confusion, like what you had explained earlier in your life, where it's inappropriate to counsel the Lord. So why am I really praying here? I have to have enough faith to be all believing that he knows more. And it feels like I'm asking him to do things when he already knows what he's going to do. So I've always thought, I wonder why, I mean, what does he really want me to say? Because I, I can't counsel and I can't tell him what to do and I've got to have the faith. And I love so much that you put it in such a clear way that we pray for ourselves. You know, yes, of course, we're praying to have faith that we'll have our kids can receive help from both sides of the veil, but it takes it out of me feeling like I got to figure out what the solution is so I can pray about it and show that I have faith that that's going to happen when oftentimes I'm limited in the way I can see it anyway. So I just love so much that you put that so clearly to pray for, I feel even weird saying it, but you said it so beautifully to pray for myself that I can receive that help, you know, and then it's a byproduct that it helps those that you love. That was just so beautiful. I appreciated that message so much. Well, thank you so much. What beautiful thoughts are you? And, and you brought me to an experience that I actually had to share that I forgot. I remember one time when I, are your scariest times about the people that you love? It's not even about yourself, right? It's about the people that you love because you are in charge of them. We're in charge of ourselves. So we get scared sometimes for the people that we view and we're thinking, oh, they're thinking that they're doing this. Oh my goodness, that little gun that my son made. With his little toddler cracker, he's going to be, you know, <laughs> a gangster. I don't know. You know, he magnify everything because that's kind of what we do in our, our imaginings. But I had a time, again, going to the places of peace too. Places of peace are the words of God. And the words of God are in scripture and conference and powerful podcasts and, and the temple. And Mike, Mike went to place of peace is the temple. And sometimes during corporate time, temple was right in my own closet. So creating those places are really important. But many years ago, again, scary and long moment that I didn't know what to do. And I went to the temple and going, I thought, what do I do? What do I do? I've been fasting. I've been praying. I've been doing this and and nothing's changing. And the Lord told me, again, powerfully, so clearly, it wasn't anything that I came up with myself. It was not in the man. You know how sometimes you pray and think, Am I talking to myself? Am I saying what I'm hearing? Or is that God? I don't know if you've ever feel like that. But sometimes I do. And and when it's, again, the unexpected, I know it's not me. And so anyway, so this one time, the Lord told me, Linda, keep your faith strong. And faith can influence agency. That was a new thought, I thought. Oh, that's so rare. I, you know, I don't make those things up. And I thought, what does that even mean? Faith can influence agency. Wow. Is that that kind of power? We see it repeatedly in scripture, right? We saw that the faith of fathers protected or, you know, changed hearts of sons. We saw hearts getting softened of nations from prayers and faith. So that becomes a very powerful thing. And again, it was unexpected. I go home, I share the experience with my husband. Of course, I'm crying all the time. I don't cry in life. Well, but I do pray in testimony meeting and I'm praying at the temple and those kind of things. So I'm coming home, sharing this beautiful experience. And I thought, you know what? Just run to open your scriptures. And I went to the Bible dictionary, which was, I don't know, 
why it was in Prince to do that, but I did. And the statement, one of the statements in there is they can influence any number of circumstances. That's what it says in scripture, that faith can influence. That was so powerful because I had just heard that from heaven in my soul. And I, that was not something that I made up, you know, so that was a powerful experience. So thanks for bringing that to my mind from the comments that you shared. Let's just take one or two more. Anybody else? I have something I wanted to share. I'm actually Blenda's niece, and I just wanted to let you know, Blenda, that my son did the same thing with his toast and pointed it. He bit some pieces out of it and pointed it at me and and said, bang, bang. So I guess it's just, <laughs> but I just wanted to share that. I love it. I also wanted to just say that it spoke to my heart so much when you said praying is not about communication but about connection there was a time I was going through such a dark dark time I had postpartum depression and it was the most severe I'd ever had and it was so dark that I felt like I couldn't even utter words in prayer and I felt so shameful about it like I can't even get my act together just to cry out to the Lord but I did feel myself just in my heart say heavenly father that's all I could get out was just heavenly father crying out to him I didn't know I couldn't say anything I couldn't ask for anything but I was connecting and even though I didn't say anything ask for anything he it felt like he reached his hand down and pulled me out of that darkness with you know, people who came to help me and, and angels and other resources that helped me to get out of that, you know, severe place of darkness in my life. I just wanted to bear my witness about, about that point that you made. Thank you so much. I love that. That strengthens me to hear If I could add one question and we'll just see how our time is. There's a question that came in the chat that I would love to just ask here's the question how do i pray for faith if i feel like he doesn't want to hear from me and if i feel like i don't have any faith how can i pray to him if he it doesn't feel like he is there for me and it just feels like he doesn't care thank you for the question what a good question I think in darkness, I mean, the longer you live, the more you, and the more experiences we have, do we all not relate to moments in our lives with that? Even most recently with some of my own personal stuff, I say, I heard myself say out loud, read, I know you're there, but where are you? I've prayed and fasted. I don't feel it. I don't know. I don't, you know. And remember that the best of the best have had me if I was depressed in spirit. Joseph Smith, Liberty Jail. And and those places were the initiation of some of the greatest peace. Well, words that we have in Holy Scripture from those experiences of darkness. The Savior himself, right? And his loud crowds. 
I think be gentle with ourselves when we go to those places and just say, you know, I loved what Sarah said. Maybe it's just that I think one of the most powerful things that I do in my own life, and I don't know if whoever answers this question, if this might be helpful, but one thing that is so good for me, and I am Miss Hypocrite right now because I haven't done it for a few days, but I committed at this other training that Kedung did, that I was going to get outside. A lot of my work is sedentary. It's inside work. And so I have to really get outside. It's a beautiful day or it's a cold day or whatever. Get outside. And so I said, I need to walk and talk with God five minutes minimum outside, not inside, outside. Go out by myself, walk and talk to him. I am so happy to tell you that I have some pictures of me coming home at, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And, oh, I didn't do my five minutes getting my big old coat on and my snow boots and getting out and putting my timer on and going out. And I have some, I, I wish I could have shown you this, but I have some pictures of when I looked up and I saw the little dipper and it was nine degrees. It was so cold and so dark. But doing that just elevated my view of me. And it just, it was a stillness. It's a stillness. There's something powerful about getting outside by yourself and just walking and talking with God. And, and it's okay to say, are you there? And it just, stop. Please show me you're there. And look, start looking around. Maybe you're going to see a sunflower in the middle of snow. Maybe you're going to see the little dipper like I did. Maybe you're going to see that your, your phone is showing nine degrees, but you're not that cold. You know what I mean? It's that, again, it's a recalibration. There's just something about walking out in nature and, and just con con connecting, connecting, connecting. It's about increase of relationship. And, and what I've had to remember, girls, this is something that I feel is so important for us as, as women. I like calling us girls. Doesn't mean it's so happy. Anyway, so. I feel like if we can just remember again what this whole stuff, what everything's about, it's about the allowance of experience toward salvation and exaltation. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. The cross for Christ was not an easy, it was the heaviest ever, but it was because of the purpose of what he was going to do for the rest of us and certainly what it did for him too. Now he could not only be with God, but God who had experience. God, who could walk with us because he said, I know exactly when they have you feel in there because I felt that, carried them. And, and so I can convince. So those times when we feel like we're alone, we've done the work where, you know, sometimes I've been in the past, especially in my younger years, or if I do right, it, everything's going to be right. It's gonna, there's going to be some hard things. They'll find the enzyme talk or the, you know, the, the, the talk or whatever, or the scripture. And, and, and yes, those things are true, but life is hard. Language hard and how maybe the prayers and my brother, I don't feel there can give me ways that I can. What if we prayed to say, show me ways to, that I can know that you're there? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer specifically, but in general, that's one thing that I feel is a very powerful conduit to peace and to feeling God's love. Get out and walk and talk. Thanks, PJ, for reading that question. And thanks, the sister, that asked it. No, give more question. That's a good question. So we're just going to transition. I just want to say that that's a real place 
and that sometimes in our most real places, they're the places that we really, truly come to ourself, you know, because it's so painful. We kind of avoid ourselves, and we kind of are trying to figure out so much about the circumstance and about our heart and our mind, why it's not connecting in a way that we perceive works for everybody else, or obviously we're perceiving it, it doesn't work for us. And so I would just share one thing in my little, just final message before we turn it to Belinda for her message of hope. And it would be, I struggled to just be the church lady that knew all of the right things to say and do, but I didn't understand what the feeling was behind all of that. What did that truly feel like when I became and felt like on the inside of me, not just how my voice sounded when it came out of my mouth or the way my, I would act my religion out, but what did I know? What did I feel? And I believe that I went through a similar times like that woman's question because that's what God was leading me to he wanted me to find him but in order for me to find him I had to get so lost and kind of get all the stuff that I thought was finding him just to the barest place like that doesn't even work do I mean <laughs> like that that doesn't even work when you do that and what helped me was starting to write down my prayers, to just write letters to God, really be honest about what I was thinking and feeling. And I want to second what Blenda shared, writing down a scripture that I would just find randomly and then just asking myself how that made me feel and asking God about it. That helped me a lot to just find me with him because I don't think we truly find ourselves and the joy that's meant for us until we know what that feels like to kind of be yearning toward him and because when he we find him more we find ourselves that's kind of a big deal so all that is that woman that asked that question that is God reaching for you I promise you that and Satan will be tempting you to just turn away and walk away. So I invite you to know that's what that is. When we are in that stretched place, he's reaching for us and our spiritual language is going to appear that yearning toward him. But yeah, don't go through that alone. Connect with another sister or sisters or yes. Yeah, talk to us that's just so important to not be scared and know that you will find him and he's right there but he's reaching that's what that is and you're you can reach back that's a real place so Linda I'm going to turn it back to you thanks so much Karen boy can we feel the love in this room right now for that question I don't know who you are I just hope you feel loved and that you don't feel alone, that we can open to one degree or another through our own experiences and you can be okay. You are amazing and, and needed. And so anyway, 
I just want to end with, with the message of peace and that we remember the source of peace. It's not us. The source of peace is him and we're the, we're the vessel to receive that. So take the pressure off of ourselves from that. But, you know, with all that is going on in this world and perhaps in your own home, perhaps in your own relationships, perhaps in your own self, whatever it is, I love this song that was written by Nick Day. And it's called Peace in Christ. It's really powerful. But I'm just going to read the chorus. He gives us hope when hope is gone. He gives us strength where we can't go on. He gives us shelter in the storms of life. When there's no peace on earth, there is peace in Christ. Just those words. Just those words are so powerful. And I thought maybe we could take it just a step closer to our own personal lives. When there's no peace in me, there's peace in Christ. When there's no hope in me, there's hope in Christ. When there's no love in me, there's love in Christ. When there's no faith in me, there's faith in Christ. So if I can find the ways to find him, he, the residual, the, the overflow from him will overflow to me. And I think that that becomes instead of, oh, I don't have faith. I, I you know, we say he does. Let me go find him. How do I find him? Okay, everyone. Karen, if there's not anything else, okay. No. Go ahead, Karen. That's it. I was just going to say, yes, we loved this. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, BJ, for all your support and help. You did such a beautiful job. <laughs> and thank you, sisters, for being with us and bringing just all of you here. That's what creates such a powerful experience here in these webinars. So thanks for that. Right, we will see you next week. Thanks again, Glenda, for this beautiful experience. <laughs>